Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right. Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. What would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> we were hoping for a different answer. That's probably not the answer that we're looking for. This episode of the House of Mystery is brought to you by Legacy Food Storage. The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. LegacyFoodStorage.com New U.S. sanctions on Iran took effect today. Six months after President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the international nuclear deal. The sanctions target Iran's shipping, financial, and energy sectors, all key to the country's already struggling economy. The bombs, which the FBI referred to as improvised explosive devices, were sent to the FBI's bomb laboratory in Quantico, Virginia. We're in Mexico again tonight as thousands of migrants try to find a faster way to the U.S. border. The White House says it's now getting help from the Mexican Breaking news out of Pittsburgh, the man accused in the shooting at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh is pleading not guilty, and he also wants a jury trial. You can see he's facing a 44 pound so In the final seconds before the Boeing 737 MAX crashed into the water, it was traveling at more than 500 kilometers an hour. 
all 189 people on board were killed. You've now entered the House of Mystery. Crime, conspiracy, history, and science. With your hosts, Al Warren, Mike Brown, Julie Saab, Michael Butterfield, Dr. Joseph Usinski, and Michael Hawley. Heard on KCAA 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 105.0 AM Palm Springs. I go out walking after midnight out in the moonlight just like we used to do I'm always walking after midnight searching for you okay then Patsy Klein, Patsy Klein. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Patsy Klein. Um, well, I don't think she does much walking anymore. Isn't she dead? Oh, see, that's what they want you to think. Oh no. Yeah, that never happened. She's, really? Yeah, she's been working for Brian Epstein. Oh. She was in charge of his. Uh, Since 1963. Yeah. Because Epstein. Well, the Epstein would have only been 10 in well, 1963. She helped train him. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> the ghost of Patsy Cline. The ghost of Patsy Cline. This story just keeps getting weirder. What? what it's the story of my life. <laughs> um, you know, and oh, speaking of weirder, they finally impeached uh, Trump. Yes, I, I watched... Uh, Lots of the video yesterday as the Republicans and Democrats were at odds, uh, giving their testimony or speeches about which way they were going to vote. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. I I couldn't be bothered. I was writing about cults. Same thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, one of the the Republican uh, uh, people, congressmen, uh, brought up Jesus and Pontius Pilate in his speech. That was pretty fascinating, oh. saying that uh, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus better treatment than the Republicans have given Donald Trump. Well, I, you know... I have sinned against you, my Lord. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, people. Come on. It's just a movie. <laughs> it never happened. Now... The, the Scorsese one? <laughs> no, the one that the the final days of Christ, you know. Uh, oh yeah. And Pontius Pilate didn't fly. Well, hope no. <laughs> Pilate was just yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, no, so they impeached Trump, but you know what? Out of, out of all of the now now <laughs> now you you're aware of uh, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, I know that there's a place called Denver, Colorado, yes. Yeah, fairly large city. They Um, have the Broncos there, Denver Broncos. And they're also the home of uh, been uh, the Aurora movie 
theater shooting with the Joker. Yes, yep, and terrible. Columbine, the school shooting. Close by, yeah. Yep. And also there was another a smaller one that not, hadn't made the news that, uh, a while back. So, you know, it's kind of that, that area. Well, on the radio uh, yesterday, Oh no! <laughs> uh, on the uh, what? Are the, it's called the Chuck and Julie Show, and it's a conservative radio show. And and uh, I guess they talk about politics and stuff, right? And yeah, and uh, things like that. Things that are into political things. And so they um, they were talking, and um, they started talking about the um, impeachment because it was going on, right? Of sure. course. Yep. And and Chuck of the Chuck and Julie show, his name's Chuck Bonnewell, um, his comment uh, was... Talking about the never-ending impeachment of Donald <laughs> Trump. You know, you wish for a nice school shooting to... to no, no, the don't, even, don't <laughs> even say that. No, don't even say that. Don't. Oh, no. <laughs> so I guess Chuck is formerly Chuck of the Chuck and Julie show, and now it's just the Julie show? No, they fired the whole thing. Oh, no. Poor Julie. She didn't do anything. Yeah, she tried to cover up for him when he said it, too. Oh, um, no. But they took the show off. Chuck apologized on Twitter, but then they he took that down and is in hiding now. Uh, what? Oh, it's that bad? Wow. Well, it, well, it's really bad because cause the way he said it, was, it, he just sort of said it almost like it would be, geez, it would be fun to have another good school shooting, take away all this Trump oh, stuff. Oh, man. And that doesn't sound it. like a smart thing to say. Uh, you know, and, and, and I was saying this earlier, like before we were on air. You know, I'm the guy that's unpredictable. <laughs> I'm the nutball here. Yeah. And, and you know what? Even I wouldn't go that way. No. You know? Um, I'd be shocked if you would ever say anything like that. I'd be shocked. I'd have to have been stoned and brain dead because the it, it just makes no sense to relish in people's deaths these and terrible deaths like this of people so young you look at it and you think what a, what a tragedy and, yeah. and it's so hurtful and then to be making fun of it so close still really in an area in in the right town like right where you're at i heard that it had happened but i didn't really read where it had happened i didn't put two and two together so Wow, that's that's really that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of heavy, and you've got probably people who are relatives of yeah. uh, children who were murdered in Columbine, and perhaps uh, relatives of the people who were shot up by uh, Mr. Holmes in uh, in the theater. Wow, that's just crazy. Yeah, and there's a lot of them coming out making uh, uh, talks on on different news and entertainment programs and saying how hurt they were and how shocked they were and how how they were dumbfounded they're driving and they couldn't believe hearing it and you know blah blah you know just the whole thing and you know and i almost because now i don't know this for sure but with this chuck chuck um bonowell he seemed like uh if you have to hear it listen to it he laughs and he think he's joking and almost like he reminds me of the people we've had on the show over the years uh, that mm. believe 
that these are false flags and that these never happened and that they're just crisis actors that come out and do these shows. And oh, so, man. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I can't speak for his mind, of course, because I'm not in his mind, but mm. his actions remind me of the Jim Mars and, and the people that um, Alex Jones that's, uh, oh, yeah, it's all just global elite scams and they hire crisis that's just all pay them go away none of it happens and none, nobody's dead and and uh and all their theories he almost seems like that kind of guy i don't know if he put that much thought into it to tell you the truth um you know i yeah and that's that's the perfect that's a perfectly reasonable statement the only thing that stops me is um why would you be thinking that way hmm you know what I mean? It's not something you would be thinking about because it didn't just happen. So you, you know, if you were, you and I are talking and we're we're killing time, or we've got to talk about, you know, the Trump impeachment, which we don't. But if if it's a subject and that's not going to come up, yeah, yeah, just think, why would a oh yeah, nothing like a good school shooting, nothing like killing a cop that would help. You know, what I mean? there's certain things that just don't. But they're, at they're, the same at the same time. Um, these 24-hour news organizations, it's it's either we're seeing stuff about Trump being impeached or we're watching coverage of a school shooting. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, and I'm not defending him. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not defending this guy, but this might have been what he was thinking. What he said was deplorable, uh, and he shouldn't have said that. But at the same time, I kind of think that maybe he wasn't considering the conspiracy aspect as much as he was just uh, expressing um, his disgust at the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. Well, you know, but to, think, but to be honest, every 24-hour news cycle has been nothing but uh, politics in one way or the other. There's been no school shootings like these. Um, and he's a radio person, so he's not on that cycle. Yeah. And so they're doing like what you and I do. And uh, we talk about, uh, for me, I, I, I kind of like to take what's going on through social media and talk about what, what we see and hear coming on and how it affects our, our day-to-day lives and what people do. Mm-hmm. He, they maybe are political and get more into um, impeachment and lawyers and all this sort of stuff. But okay, um, I, I, what I'm saying is it's just not something that comes up a shooting has not been on my mind because there hasn't been one. And unless we're talking about it off air or in amongst mm. our friends, yeah, uh, um, it wouldn't come to mind in general. What comes to mind is what you are doing outside of work. Sure, yeah. And that's why, so when it comes up, like why is he even talking about years old shootings in his district? And and he was so nonchalant it, it to me it almost that's just me reading that into it and of course i could be totally wrong but and kicking a guy when he's down and i should be you know shot and no i no don't say that <laughs> no, no don't, don't, don't say you, you should be shot this isn't like this isn't the climate for that right now. i'm gonna be on oh, Fifth Avenue in seattle in two weeks yeah yeah no, I know, but it just, I, you know, it's 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 just sort of, uh, I, I, it seems like there's always something going on like this, and it never seems to end the shock. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but um, 
Anyway, now now today we actually um, have Speaking scheduled. Speaking of conspiracies. <laughs> conspiracy, yeah. We have scheduled the uh, author of uh, Epstein and Dead Men Tell No Tales. And um, It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Dylan Howard was scheduled to be on from Australia, but he's. Uh picked up some sort of virus on the throat and can't talk. He said he's lost most of his voice. So mm. we're getting his co-author, um, and so she will be filling in for him. He was Melissa on. Cronin, yeah. She was, uh, she's been involved in Radar Online and uh, a lot of the other uh, things that, uh, that Dylan is involved in as well. Yeah, I guess they've worked together for... 10 or 20 years or something. It seemed like a long time. And um, so anyway, so she's the co-author. She'll be talking about the book instead uh, of, of Dylan. We've had him on before, so uh, people know who he is, and he makes his rounds. Um, so that'll be interesting, um, and we'll find out if uh, Epstein killed himself or not. They told me you were dead. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you think it we'll ever find out? Um, Definitively? Yeah, no. And not only that, uh, just the whole, the depth of how much she was involved. No, I really don't. I, I don't think it's ever all the entire truth is going to come out. It's going to be one of these enduring mysteries. Yeah. Like yeah. Jimmy Hoffa, even though people are claiming that's closed now. But... Well, you know, it's it's kind of semi-closed, I guess, in some ways. But it, it, there's still a lot of room for <laughs> unknown. You know? Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and with something like this, he was involved for so many years, for so long, with so many elite and powerful people in political and, and uh, business, con- con- you know, work as well as, uh, you know, entertainment world and stuff like that and uh yeah i i just uh i don't know and do you think something like that could happen today oh absolutely absolutely but with the social media and all that like uh you know about going out in boats and having all these young under teens pre-teens and and partying it up with all these different celebrities it's probably happening as we speak it is probably happening as we speak. It's just somebody else's, uh, you know, filled that void. Oh, yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Well, anyway. So we're going to have a good conversation with her, but we just need to stop for a break. And when we get back, we'll be on the phone. Awesome. Are you prepared? Legacy Food Storage 
The best way to protect your family is by being prepared. Go now to LegacyFoodStorage.com. Use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off. Quick, go. I'm broadcasting. All right. We are back in the House of Mystery, and uh, joining us on the line is one of the authors of Epstein and Dead Men Tell No Tales, Spies, Lies, and Blackmail. Uh, so joining us is Melissa Cronin. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Hi there. Thanks so much for your interest. Wow. So... Now let's uh, let's put because uh, you haven't been on the show before, so put uh, mm-hmm. you into kind of context. So um, where where is it where is it that you come from, and how did you get caught up in Epstein? Yes, nothing I ever anticipated for sure. <laughs> so I'm not sure if your readers are familiar with Don Howard, who has been the head of National Choir for a really long time and big figure in the true crime world. So I'm kind of like the female villain, but a lot more exclusive. So this is a real coup getting me on. (laughs) Um, Basically, Dylan and I have worked together hand-in-hand since, gosh, about 2007 when we were kind of junior reporters together at Star Magazine. And then we really kicked things to another level around 2014, 2015, when I was kind of leading RadarOnline.com and he was the head of content at American Media. So it was at that time, um, you know, we were reporting on everything back then, any story that came out, um, any lead that we got. And this was the time when the first documents came out from the Virginia Jufre lawsuit in Florida. So we got these documents from the court that had the most explosive allegations against Prince Andrew, against other really high-profile figures, And both of us were just blown away by the extent of this story and the impact of this story. So we covered that case really deep in detail, doing stories every day in 2015. We actually published the first interview with Virginia Roberts Jufre way back then in 2015. Um, And, you know, people did it really didn't get picked up that much. People didn't really... Um, you know, take it and run with it. There wasn't a mass push for justice against Jeffrey Epstein at the time. He was still living his life in Florida, Paris, Caribbean. So, you know, that was always kind of disappointing. And, you know, as a reporter, you never want to have those loose 
and hanging out in the world. You want to see this root to fruition and find the truth. Mm. So well, but, our work on it ended then, but we well, always wanted to pursue it further. Well, when something like that happens, okay, so um, uh, you've been working, reporting, there's these stories you have, and um, and it never really takes off. Yet you know he's kind of a bad guy. Um, what 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 can you do as a reporter, or what? And why do you think that is? Why is it that certain people can mm-hmm. get away with something that Joe Blow down the road couldn't? Yeah, it's something that I've thought about a lot, um, not just with Epstein, but other stories over the years that didn't really make a ripple. Um, I think part of it is it's really hard for people to confront these kind of stories and to accept the reality that these kind of people live among us doing the kinds of things that they do and to feel that sense of helplessness as a reader, not knowing what you can do to stop it. Um, A lot of readers have reached out to me in the wake of our book release asking what they can do. And I always say the the best thing that you can do is to keep talking about it, whether that's on Twitter for someone who's, you know, just uh, amateur detective falling from the armchair or publishing a book like we did. Um, Just continuing to talk about it and not, let it fade into the background in whichever way you can is really the only way to make sure that you stay on the path of justice. Do you think the political climate, the Me Too movement, and uh, the exposing of Harvey Weinstein helped to make this story uh, larger later on? Absolutely. That's a huge part of it. Um, You know, the cultural shift to believing victims and taking what they have to say as truth and as weighty evidence. Um, back in 2005-2006, when Epstein was first investigated, the police back then had 34 minor girls who had testified um, in police interviews about his crimes. And back then, that wasn't enough to get him jail time. 34 girls talking about being sexually abused. So now, in 2019, almost 2020, the way the culture has shifted, even one woman's allegations have so much more weight than they used to. Yeah, it's a lot harder for these guys to buy their way out of trouble now. Right, right. And thank goodness for that. So now, um, so that sort of happened, and how did it come back to you, this this Epstein story? Mm-hmm. So I actually retired from the tabloid industry in 2017 and moved out to Palm Springs, started a couple of businesses out here. I was kind of not living the reporter life anymore. So when he was arrested, Dylan reached out to me via email and we just started talking about it. Like, can you believe this? And, you know, our theories about it. And I will remember that person that said this about him. And um, we just decided to, fire up the team again and work on the podcast together. So this has been, um, you know, kind of while I've been doing this project, I've been doing my other normal job too, but once a reporter, always a reporter. So it was, it's been awesome and really vindicating to pick up the story again and have people actually care about it. Wow. Now, when you guys were doing this, uh, was there something that absolutely surprised you? in your research that you didn't expect? Um, Let's see. I think, honestly, the most shocking thing for me um, was one of the smallest details. 
And that was watching the police victim interviews, which I saw for the first time as part of the research for this um, podcast and book. And seeing they were labeled with the birth dates of the victims. Um, So seeing the birth dates of these women and really seeing how young they were and then watching them describe the horrible things that happened to them to a strange man in a room somewhere and hearing the pain in their voices was like a whole new level of understanding about the case. And then on the flip side, equally disturbing was we made a huge list of all of the victims that we had identified over the years, dozens of women across the country. And in our investigations in terms of trying to find where they were today and if we could find them, we found such a pattern of drug abuse and trouble with the law and just like horrible things that have come out of the trauma that they experienced as young women. So the reach of Jeffrey Epstein across the decades and the way that he's destroyed so many lives was just absolutely chilling to really confront like that. Is there some particular method he used um, in order to have so many victims for so many years in so many locations and yet never really be uh, brought down before just what happened recently? Yes. So he was an expert manipulator and really made this system into a business. Um, One thing that helped him was at the start, he always had women doing the recruiting. So he wouldn't go out himself down to the mall and approach a team and say, hey, I'm Jeffrey, do you want $200? No, he had a local high school girl who'd already come into his orbit do the recruiting for him. So it was a lot more palatable for these victims to have, you know, a friend or someone they know from the lunchroom say, hey, do you need some Christmas money? Like, I know this guy. And it was an easier, like, lower bar for entry. And then at the same time, in terms of not being exposed, heartbreakingly, he really focused on girls that were from disadvantaged environment. So a lot of the girls that ended up being abused by him were runaways or had been kicked out by their parents or had already had troubles with drugs or um, sexual abuse. Virginia Roberts Shufre, for example, she claims that she was kind of pimped out to another man in the Florida area years before she even came in contact with Jeffrey. So He really preyed upon the most vulnerable people because he knew that they didn't really have the resources or the confidence to stand up and go after him. Of course, that all changed. And she also alleged that um, um, she had been abused by Prince Andrew. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And that was one of the things that first started us working on this back in 2014, 2015. She has extensive allegations against Prince Andrew. And some of those were even recorded by hand in a personal diary that we obtained back in 2015. So she claims that she didn't just, you know, get in a room and have a sexual experience with him, but that she was kind of pimped out as an escort, that they went to this shishi nightclub, that they had, you know, a nice little evening before she was raped by him. 
Um, and that- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, it's, you know, it's more than five years after she first made those allegations, but it looks like there's finally some kind of justice for him as is kicked out of Buckingham Palace. He's essentially been fired by his mom. He doesn't get any money anymore. Um, there's still so much more to be seen in terms of if he will be brought into the investigation, if he will be made to stand up in court and talk about what happened. But she's been saying for years that this happened, and he insists that he doesn't even know her, but her story has never changed, and it's always been really, really captivating and really... Um, you know, it has it has the ring of truth. Now, of course, the big question: um, Did he kill himself, or was he murdered? Um, <laughs> of course, none of us can, you know, one hundred percent answer that question. We've all um, we've all seen the memes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now, for me, um, I'm very logical in my point of view. Not that he wouldn't have enemies. By far, he would have a ton of enemies. And I am sure there are plenty of people that would kill him if given the chance. Uh, no question. And they probably had great reason. Um, but uh, what we do know is that uh, I guess the guards, they were let go. And weren't they even charged for not doing their job correctly? Yeah, yeah and, they've been charged, yeah. Yeah, and that, which is crazy. I mean... Uh, you know, and uh, so he ends up dead. Um, so what I'm saying is, what what is your general thoughts on it? I, you know, I know you can't yeah. say, oh, for sure he did this or did that, but yeah. what would you think happened? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely true that if you ask, you know, the three co-authors on the book, we all have slightly different takes on it. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned the um, that's something that's been really fascinating to me because the first memes that kind of made their way around Twitter in the wake of his death were pushed forward by a Russian bot account. So it's been identified that that's kind of where it all started. And ultimately, the effect of these memes is that it kind of makes anyone who wants to investigate the circumstances of his death seem like a crackpot, right? Like, (laughs) you're in the same league. If you think he could have potentially been murdered and we should investigate it, you're kind of in the same league with people who wear Epstein didn't kill himself Christmas sweaters and that kind of thing. Um, So it's unfortunate that that's been going on. I think it tamps down a lot of the true investigations into what happened. Um, Personally, I think that whether he was committed suicide or was murdered, um, it was directed by someone who wanted it to happen and not necessarily even him. So if he truly did commit suicide, it's because someone outside of, you know, his prison cell had orchestrated the different things that needed to fall in place for that to happen. Just made Um, room, made room for it essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, 
it's not out of the realm of possibility, and it certain ha- certainly has happened before that Mossad agents have broken into a prison, killed a former asset, and left with other trace. Um, I describe one of those cases in the book. A man named Mr. X died under circumstances very similar to Epstein. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to mean that someone dressed up like a ninja, like, parachuted into the courtyard and killed him. It could just mean that, you know, somebody said, put these two guards on duty, make sure they're asleep, you know, turn the camera away. It only takes a few simple things to orchestrate a grand conspiracy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder. And and now, in, in all your research, how many people um, do you think he victimized? It's definitely hundreds, definitely. I mean, even back in the Palm Beach days, uh, Spencer Coven, who was an attorney for several of the victims in that area, said he thought at the time in 2005, based on what he knew from his clients, that it was, you know, over 100. So adding in the fact that Palm Beach was just one of like six hubs that he had around the world, you know, he had his New York mansion, his New Mexico ranch, his Caribbean island, his townhome in Paris, his plane that could take him to any country in the world. Um, You know, if you multiply that Florida calculation against all those other places where we know that it can occur, the number is just staggering. Wow. So how many high-profile um, as in uh, political or uh, movie star or uh, people with a, with a pretty flashy image uh, that would be known just by their their looks. Um, do you think we're involved with Epstein? So when we were writing the book, we talked about including a list of every person, you know, a high profile person that had ever been linked to Epstein in a concrete way, um, whether they have flown on his plane or been at a dinner party with him. Um, Ultimately, we decided not to include that because, you know, we wanted to toe the line in terms of guilt by association. Maybe some of these people really did just end up at a party with him. But the confirmed instances of high-profile people spending Significant time with Jeffrey Epstein is definitely in the dozens, and that runs the gamut from every area of American life um, and international life in other countries. So you have politicians, obviously, like Bill Clinton, like President Trump. Most recently, after his death, there was a release of documents in one of the Jufre cases that included an allegation against New Mexico former Governor um, Bill Richardson. That was a total shock to me. I had never heard his name in the mix, but Virginia Roberts Jufre made that allegation in court documents. And, of course, all of these men that I'm mentioning strongly deny that anything happened. But um, in terms of the world of science, you have Bill Gates, who was a frequent guest to his New York home and um, worked with him on donations to several universities. Stephen Hawking visited Epstein's Caribbean island once and Epstein even built a custom submarine so that Hawking could um, take a ride on it in his wheelchair. And there's a photo of him on the submarine with a young blonde girl kind of tending to him in the sub. 
Um, in the world of Hollywood, we have Oscar-winning actor Kevin Spacey flew on his jet, the Lolita Express. Comedian Chris Tucker flew on his jet, the Lolita Express. Chelsea Handler was at a dinner party at his New York home, and, and she says she had no idea what she was getting into, but you can just see the scope of people involved in this runs across all, all spectrums. Well, now, with all these people, it could not all be about uh, a sexual uh, setup or liaison with someone that's young mm. or old or whatever it was. What other thing was he doing to attract all of these people? Right. That's a really important point because espionage um, is not necessarily always that black and white honey trap situation where you get someone to have sex with someone and record it and use that as blackmail evidence. So obviously he was doing that. But on a wider scale, he was doing something which you alluded to, which is gathering useful information and then selling it to the highest bidder. So he used things like his private jet, his private island, his beautiful, gorgeous, huge New Mexico ranch to lure these luminaries of the world to come and spend time with him and talk to him about what they were working on. So he had Nobel Prize-winning physicists at his ranch in New Mexico. He had, obviously, the politicians and other world leaders. And it wasn't even necessarily that he wanted to trap all them, like he said. And he, he would take what they talked about at their dinners and information about like their projects and different um, new theories that were being developed, things that could be applicable to surveillance and armament development and scientific development. This information was hugely useful to foreign nations like Israel and Saudi Arabia. So that's a really important piece to understand in terms of the world of Jeffrey Epstein. The, the you know, titillating, evil, scandalous, sexual stuff is the surface, but underneath it was all these relationships and and transfers of information that were really probably like the most useful thing he could deliver. So it, it but we're looking at it from a big picture. What mm -hmm. was the, the most important thing that he was doing? He was just buying and selling information and moving things around and taking whatever he could to make that information accessible to him by whether mm -hmm. he's selling little girls or he's like in whatever way but it was all about the the information yes yeah, so that was primarily the goal versus necessarily the blackmail leverage i think that was a piece of it but um from the very beginnings of his career he kind of traded in relationships and, and favors and doing deals and things like that so Getting this information for the Mossad or for the Saudi government was very useful to them. And and we don't know exactly what he gave them that helped them. You know, for example, I don't know that he gave the Saudis some kind of nuclear formula that then they built a reactor. You can't have a chain that direct um, so far. But I do know, for example, that Epstein was heavily involved in creating an app with Ehud Barak, um, former Israeli prime minister. And this app, it's called Smart 911, and 
it's been rolled out to government across the United States. It's in 40 states right now. The app is supposed to work as like connecting you to 911 dispatch. So, for example, if you call 911, your phone takes a live feed of your surroundings. So the dispatcher can see, you know, if there's if you cut out where you are, if there's anything they need to know, etc. But the real point of that app is that your phone can do a live feed of your surroundings or recording of your audio at any time through this app, and then the information is accessible by the company behind it, which includes Ehud Barak, and the rest of the board members are all former Israeli intelligence or Mossad. So how did Epstein get involved in that? Why would they want him to be involved in that? It had to be, there had to be something that he was bringing to the table besides just money, and I think in that case it was probably his access to information about technology from people like Bill Gates. Wow. That's that's interesting. So um, so what was the bring down? How did he get caught? And finally is what I should say, because, you know, he'd been entertaining this way for years, 20, at least 20 years uh, mm-hmm. with all, all of the famous people. And he must have been involved or at least watched by um, agencies like uh, CIA, FBI, uh, Intel, all the all the different groups. Um, so what made it fall apart on him suddenly here? You know, I think it was what we were talking about before, just kind of that cultural shift that made it not tenable anymore. Um, obviously, Julie Kate Brown at the Miami Herald did a series of articles on Jeffrey Epstein and his first case in Florida before he was arrested. And, you know, those articles were basically, in a lot of ways, a retread of things that we had already reported back in 2014-2015. But for some reason, at this time in, in the culture, they were explosive and people were willing to listen and willing to promote it and things like that. So I think that's part of it. Um, the Southern District of New York has publicly said that her journalism um, motivated them to look into the case and consider pursuing it. On the other hand, and this is just kind of my speculation, but I believe that Epstein was becoming less and less useful over time, um, you know, to the powers that be, whether it's the CIA or the Mossad. The reason being, things like the app that I just described, um, modern-day espionage and modern-day intelligence gathering does not happen in back rooms and, and orgies and things like that. You know, spying doesn't really depend on spies anymore because we have the technology to basically spy on ourselves, to allow anyone in the world to come into our phone, which is kind of, you know, a perfect microcosm of everything about us. Um, so someone like Epstein was really kind of like old model, um, and I don't know that any agency would continue to put out the kind of effort that they have over the years to protect him and to allow him to continue, um, given that he is kind of a dying breed. Now, what do you think is going to happen now that he's he's dead? Um, so they're, they're not really going to pursue a lot of these charges, are they, or follow-up. So what's the fallout? Who, who's going to pay for it? I know that is the pressing question, and and it's really terrifying because I hope 
you know, I hope with everything that I have that we have some kind of satisfying conclusion. The Southern District of New York has said publicly that, you know, even though the case against Epstein himself is over with his death, they are still actively pursuing any co-conspirators. Um, you know, we haven't heard anything out of that case since August, so the hope in that is fading a little bit. We haven't really heard anything out of the supposed investigation into his death that has been launched by the Attorney General, Bill Barr. At this point, it doesn't really seem like the officials are doing anything that's going to really bring about justice. Um, so we can't really trust in those systems to do that necessarily, and maybe that's the lesson of Jeffrey Epstein. It's certainly the lesson for a lot of the victims that I spoke to that you know, you can't depend on the government and the legal system to truly meet out justice. For me, I just keep pushing forward and with Dylan and with James, continuing to investigate and to share what we know in the hopes that we'll knock something loose that really does affect some kind of change. When you when you were doing the research for the book or out investigating, how do people react to you? when they know this is what they're in, you're investigating? Uh, is there kind of a weird sort of feeling or some people don't want to talk to you? or um, What's the general idea there? Sure. It, it totally depends on the person. Um, there were some people that we spoke to that were kind of like, wow, like I'm so glad you finally found me. <laughs> you know, they, they had a story, an important story to tell, and they were so grateful to have an outlet to do that. On the other hand, especially when it comes to the victims, understandably, a lot of them didn't want to speak because they don't really even want to go back down that road again in terms of telling the story. A lot of them have processed it and moved on and describing it, opening that up again is not something they wanted to do. So the reactions from some of them were, um, you know, cool to really upset and totally understandably um the only people that were really aggressive or violent um were people that were kind of connected with law enforcement so and that's been my experience from the beginning the palm beach police department made it like very they made it almost impossible to try to find out what happened and to report on this. Um, they, gosh, I fought with them for years and years and years to give me the documents from the case, which are publicly available in Florida. And they told me so many sob stories about, oh, it was in a room that got flooded, those boxes, oh, we lost that box, we gave them to the FBI, blah, blah, blah. Um, they just you know, they weren't exactly reaching out a hand to help anyone that wanted to get to the bottom of the story. Why do you think that is? Like, why wouldn't, was it their own, they, they wanted to solve it, or did they have something to hide, do you think? Uh, why wasn't it that they wanted to get help and get this done, solved? Mm. I mean, I think they have something to hide um, based on what we've heard from sources. So, we spoke to a man named John Mark Dugan, who was the deputy sheriff of Palm Beach County at the time of Epstein's prison term in Florida. So he was the head of basically the crew tasked with overseeing Jeffrey Epstein's prison stint. 
And he worked really closely with the Palm Beach detective, Joseph Carey, who had spearheaded the entire investigation. Um, Dugan now lives in Russia, where he supposedly has political asylum, and he left the United States because he says the Palm Beach authorities are, you know, corrupt to the core. They actively colluded with higher forces to get Jeffrey Epstein a sweetheart deal, and they're trying to cover up their involvement in it. Um, he has been saying that online for years, um, and eventually he felt that it got too hot in Florida, so he fled to Russia, leaving behind his wife and children to do so. Hmm. Yeah, actually, I've interviewed him uh, in oh, Russia. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah. yeah, he's definitely a character, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> and he says he's got uh, tapes with people on it. And I know yeah. one of the his his publisher was over in Russia for a week to uh, uh, see, watch mm-hmm. some of the tapes and things like that. So it's um, pretty interesting. Um, right. But the bottom line is, do you think anybody will get taken down, someone big or not? Um, I do. I do, and you know what? I don't think it'll be the sex crimes that does it. I think that we're going to see some icons tumble um, kind of in the same way that the mafia did. So I think we'll see financial um, cases or tax evasion and different kinds of things that will bring these people down because as the Southern District is investigating people who they believe to be co-conspirators, they might not find the slam dunk evidence that they raped a child. But in that investigation, I think they are definitely going to uncover further information that they could then use to bring some kind of justice to these people connected to the case. So, you know, I'm definitely waiting with bated breath to see who's going to be the first one. Um, In the meantime, it is some measure of satisfaction to see Prince Andrew basically kicked out of the royal family. Um, we certainly never expected that to happen, but it's going to be a long slog through this in any case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you remember Prince Andrew, I mean, years ago, he was running around with, uh, you know, uh, st- strippers and all that stuff way back in the in the 90s. So right. He, he always he always did have a bad attitude. So whatever he did here is even worse than that. So mm-hmm. yeah, and they didn't seem to care back then, right? There were photos of him on yachts, topless women in Thailand, and everything like that. And the queen just looked the other way. Yeah. So for her to kick yeah. him out of the palace is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he wasn't uh, doing his laundry. But, um, so now I have to ask, too, um, at this point, um, when it gets into the po- politics of it, um, mm. do you think it's really going to have an effect on politics? Like after his death, uh, Epstein, that is, um, you know, there's a lot of talk. Oh, you know, Hillary was the last one in the room to see him. And and, and you know, and uh, the other was uh, Trump got him killed. And, and, you know, you hear all this stuff. Right. Uh I, I I don't know. Um, it, is it going to affect politics? I I am just so kind of skeptical about 
everything related to politics these days that I don't think it will have any <laughs> oh, real impact. But, I mean, but why? Why are you so... are happening. <laughs> What's that? Why are you so skeptical? I, I mean, everything looks <laughs> above board. I mean, I just roll my eyes so hard every day. I have like eye strain. <laughs> The the things that have been happening the last few years are just as bad, if not worse, as the things that have happened in the Epstein case. And Mm -hmm. Trump himself said he could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot someone down and his followers would love it. I mean, even if they had a tape showing him raping a teenager, I honestly don't think it would make a difference at this point. Like, however brutal it is to come to that realization... (laughs) I don't think that would make a difference. And and kind of the same for the Clintons on the other side. You know, we've seen so many, Bill has weathered so many scandals throughout the years, and he's getting up there in age. So I feel like he's going to live out the rest of his years in relative peace. And I'm sure Hillary's plotting her next move. But this, you know, she's a pro at scandal. She'll get through it. One after another, boy, I'll I tell know. you, they're, they're, they're eating dead babies on pizzas and, yeah. and, and, and on and oh boy, it's, yeah. all, it's not going well. Um, <laughs> so what was the purpose of the book? Like, what is it that you want um, people to get out of the book? So when they read it, at the end of the day, they're going to go away with what? I really want people to understand the kind of breadth and depth of this operation. So I really want people to understand that, yes, it's so horrible and mind-bending that he abused so many young girls and women. But there's so much more horrible criminality and conspiracy even beyond that and underneath that. And, And that's the story that people really need to focus in on and understand because this is not the story of one man who was just happened to be the most evil person ever and now he's dead so we don't have to worry about that happening again you know this is the story of how international systems of power how governments and intelligence agencies and the rich all work together in different ways at different times to accomplish different things and that's what we need to talk about that's what we need to understand um that's how epstein was able to do what he did for so long so if we have any hope of preventing something like this from happening again, we need to understand what was really going on and and keep an eye out for it. And um, now, do you guys have a website or a place people can come if they just want to find out more about uh, y- your writing and, 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 and book and stuff? I know the book will be on our website, and it's available in all bookstores and Amazon, of course. But mm-hmm. do you have your own? Yes, thank you. So my Twitter is Melissa E. Cronin, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-E-C-R-O-N-I-N. And I take questions from people about Epstein all the time on there, um, sometimes on Reddit, too. We don't really have a website, but the book um, booksellers online are a great place to stay up to date about what's going on. Um, actually, as of today... Amazon has sold out of the book, um, so if anyone goes there and can't find it, I would encourage them to try someone else because they'll probably have it, but Amazon's getting another shipment soon, so hopefully they'll be able to meet the demand. Well, it's a hot topic. It's something mm-hmm. that, uh, great Christmas reading. 
Yes. <laughs> Everyone in my family gets one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's fantastic. And uh, now, uh, was was Dylan involved in Epstein as well, or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean from the recording uh, front, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get him in trouble here. Yeah. No. No. Well, I appreciate everything you've done, and uh, the work and the book is excellent. And when people can get a chance to buy it again, it will be up. And it's on our website as well, so people listening can do one click and get the book. And, uh, again, uh, thank you very much. Uh, interesting subject. I, I, I think there's so many angles and questions that... Um, this covers and just kind of explains a lot of what goes on in in uh, society that uh, everyone should read it. Thank you, thank you. And yes, we're there still are questions that remain, and we're thinking about the sequel already. <laughs> but in the meantime, I just want to thank you for your interest in giving me the platform to talk about it. Because, like I said, uh, all we can really do to prevent this is to keep talking about it. Thanks so Fantastic. much. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me. I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. KCAA is your CNBC news affiliate. We're the station that gets down to business. Are you looking for health care using a non-toxic medical approach to regain your health? My name is Gilberto Alvarez, MD. My 40 years of experience using non-toxic approaches to health problems, including cancer, allow me to provide you with effective, proven, safe treatment for your health. Call 619-405-5199. That number again, 619-405-5199. The Stella Maris Clinic in Tijuana, Mexico, five minutes from the U.S.-Mexico border. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM.